<laughs> well, hey, hunts. Um, this is going to be a weird episode. Um... <laughs> no, it's not going to be a weird episode. It might be a weird beginning of the episode, but it's not going to be a weird episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I am your comic relief person, V. Hi, and I'm Meg, the um, American sad girl. But <laughs> Tell us, Meg, why are you a sad girl? Well, today is Saturday the, I can't 21st. read my phone, 21st, and um, my dad died um, this past Tuesday on the 17th. Um, v, please stop making that face right now. Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying, it sounds really bad, but I'm trying to keep my laughter in because... The way we're trying to bring this out. <laughs> no, no, no. So, is is <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry. It's just I... like mm, yeah. How? Why are you sad? Uh, my dad's dead. Well, <laughs> literally, I told you before we started recording. Like, I was making dead um, parent jokes like five minutes after he passed. So, like, I would be the same though. I I'm the type of person. We're both like. I can't. I can't stay sad. Like I need to like laugh, and I'm I'm not a crier. Like legit, I've cried maybe five minutes this whole week. I uh, unfortunately I am a crier, and uh. I'm a really ugly crier. But I also try and make it funny. So I'll be in tears, and I'm going <laughs> like it. stick my tongue out, go slay. <laughs> No, no, I just like can't cry. It's super weird. Like it takes a lot for me to cry. I mean, obviously this is a lot, but like I don't know. I just I don't cry that often. Um, but mm. we don't we don't have to let it stay sad. Like my Hi. dad um was a really really great man and we'll do an episode about like some of his favorite horror for his birthday. Um, mm-hmm. but he is like one of the main reasons I got into horror because he loves it and I met my aunts um for the first time in like 20 years uh a couple of weeks ago and um I told them I did a podcast about horror and and they were both like oh my god James Michael like that is his shit like he loves horror but um I have actually two stories for you so okay. one of the last conversations that I had my- with my dad when he was like fully coherent he was like so, um, this was probably like the maybe a week before he died. He was like, So, um, did you hear about that new horror movie, Megan? And I was like, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. And he was like, What'd you think about that one? And I was just like, I think she's already an icon. Um, and I mean, why wouldn't she be with my name? So I mm. love that one of the last conversations I had with him was about a <laughs> horror movie. Um, but I had a story for you. So I'm my ready. dad listened to our podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, I would always Number be like, one fan. Yeah, I was always like, ew, don't listen when I'm around. Like, ew. So I came <laughs> home from work one day and he was listening to our podcast. And I was like, oh, hey, you're listening to this? And he was like, yeah, two girls are blowing up your spot. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, this, these people, like one of them's American and one of them's British and they're talking about scary movies. And I was like, dad, this is, this is my podcast. <laughs> and he was like wait, that's you? You're the one talking right now? And I was like, yeah. He was like, oh, I was just thinking about how I love that girl's accent. Talking about you, V. And I was like, um, no, dad, this is legitimately my podcast. Like I, I edited that. And he was like, oh, wow. Well, it's pretty good, I guess. I was like, 
Great. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. That is actually hilarious. I know. Like, he's like, this podcast is good shit. You should get on that. And you're like, I am already on it. It's me. It's, <laughs> it's me. me. Jessica, I'm in here. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. So yeah, um, my dad liked horror movies, which got me into horror movies, and I guess he liked this podcast too. So I, I guess so. And hey, I got a great accent. <laughs> well, I'm like, do they have Spotify wherever he's at? Because hopefully, come on, James, you've got this wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, but um, so yeah, that happened this week. But you want to know what? also happened this week that distracted great me great transition yeah that <laughs> distracted transition. me um from said uh dad's death tell us meg what distracted you from your dead dad <laughs> <laughs> um the scream trailer and it actually did distract me because we watched it together and then i had like yep. several people talking to me about it afterwards so i was like ooh mm-hmm. Scream, what a great distraction. Because holy God, that that trailer oh. V, that trailer. I know. I know I had I so I was okay. But people don't know, I hybrid work. So three days of the week I am working from home. And then two days of the week, which is Wednesday, Thursday, I am in the office. Now the trailer dropped when I was working in the office. So <clears throat> I sat there at my desk. With my work headset on. I love this. Watching it on YouTube. And I was literally sat there shaking with excitement. I was just like, there, jaw dropped shaking. You can imagine, like, the excitement I was feeling. No one noticed. No one cared what I was doing around me. I was literally just there going, what? <laughs> like, oh, my God. <sighs> okay, first of all, what was your favorite thing you saw in the trailer? Well, hold on. To to go off of the point that you just made, you you were like, let me step away or let me go to the bathroom and then we can watch this. And it was like 20 minutes later. And that was agonizing because my timeline started to like fill up uh, with sorry. like scream stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, cannot, okay. when, cannot wait. <laughs> when you sent it to me, I was on the phone with a customer and I really needed to piss. So I was just like trying to hurry on the phone, saw the text. So I was trying to even hurry up even more. And I was like, okay, girl, I need, I need to pee. Like, please bear with me. And then I just sat there, took my time on the toilet. I love that. Sometimes you just need to have a sit. Once you've done peeing, just have a sit. Yeah. And I love that that's on company time. So shout out, isn't your manager's name Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Brian. If you're listening to (laughs) this. Thanks Brian. Um, Yeah. No. But um, I have been known to be like, I need to take like a five minute break if like a trailer comes out and I will literally just walk to my break room and watch the trailer and then like get back to doing what I was doing because my other co-workers take breaks, but I don't unless it's a trailer day. But my personal, my personal favorite part about this trailer, we learn that the tagline new city, new rules is not, is not just a tagline, like a hundred percent this ghost faced looks brutal like we get the bodega shot or scene mm. where um ghost face comes in and these girls are trying to get help mm-hmm. and ghost face comes in and like rocks shit like takes out people in the bodega like 
and grabs a shotgun. Like, this is a ghost face that is of opportunity. Like, they have their mind set on a certain cast member that needs to be killed off, and they do not care who stands in their way. And that's scary. Absolutely not. And on that, you sent me um, a tweet from someone. Was it a tweet? Or yeah, a comment from yeah. someone? <sighs> this fucking person acted like they've never watched a Scream movie because they said, oh, it's not really a slasher movie, though, is it? If he's got a gun. Bitch, Ghostface has had guns previously. They've just been shit shot. So you just don't comprehend that they've had guns. But also, here's my thing, because that that's a huge piece of discourse right now on um, horror um, internet is that people are mad that Ghostface has a shotgun. And like a lot of people keep tweeting like Ghostface killed somebody with a garage door in the first movie. Like, so <laughs> to me, to me, honestly, I don't think that that's like their main weapon of of killing like i definitely still think it's gonna be the knife you get that sick like wipe off scene the classic ghost face blood wipe and so you know like it's still gonna truly be a slasher but that's what i'm saying like this seems like a whole different type of ghost face and we see Mm. that from the shrine which everyone's (gasps) fucking flipping their wig about rightfully so (sighs) rightfully so i'm I'm so excited to see that in depth if they do show it in depth because people are already theorizing like this is this person's like clothes this is this person's clothes blah 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 but I want to know the order that they have the ghost face um like cloak in because people can't seem to agree on which ghost face cloak is in the glass case yeah yeah It's very exciting for people who are like massive fans of the Scream franchise like we are because you're going to see so many Easter eggs. And I was talking to my friend Spencer, shout out Spencer, about the trailer basically the entire rest of the week. And Mm. Spencer has a good theory, personally. Like you can see this man be be texting me theories, okay? Which he had, he had something on his mind and he needed to get it out. Which I love, Um, and apparently people on the internet are thinking that it could be three killers, which I find very interesting, because Spencer said, what if one of them is a legacy killer? So basically, what if it is Kirby or Sam or Tara or literally any of the remaining Woodsboro survivors with two other people? Which would be a really interesting play because we've never seen that in the Scream movies. But... Mm, Interesting. Very, very, very interesting. But Spencer also said something that I was like, holy shit. What if there's a ghost face cult like the Proud Boys or something like that in American culture where these people are idolizing and creating a cult Mm. out of ghost face, which would be really cool because I feel like that that sort of horror movie is really in right now. Well, I along those lines, I saw one um, saw someone online speaking about it because haven't they said this is going to kind of follow the lines of Scream Free? And huh. was it in Scream Free? Um, oh, what was his name? The the uh, he turned out to be Ghostface, and he was like the director and shit like that. What was his oh, name? Oh yeah, her her brother, Sydney's brother. Yeah, 
And wasn't he controlling Stu and Billy? So what if if it's for, if if it's true that they're following the lines of like screen free? Technically, then do you want to? I know? don't know. I was about to say we theorized in our last episode that the subway posters have something to do with how close the movies are because, like mm-hmm. in in Scream One and Scream Five, like Sam is that connection to Billy. But if we're following Scream 3, which I think is what, or is it Scream 4, they're related to each other. So I'm still thinking people are saying that Tara is the killer. There's one shot of her that just looks like very, like, absolutely just, there's this weird look Mm -hmm. in her eye. And I'm like, oh, shit, Uh that would be a really good plot. And she was best friends with Amber, who was Uh the ghost face in the previous movie. And um, she got, she, all this shit happened because of Sam basically being the daughter mm-hmm. of billy loomis but also i pointed out when the poster came out i screenshotted it and screenshotted mm. into tara's face she is the only one looking directly at the audience everyone else is like looking to the side or like not looking ahead mm-hmm. she is the only one that gives eye contact to the person looking at the poster and have we seen that before well, we saw it with Wes in the last one, but I was honestly thinking maybe she was making eye contact because it's Jenna Ortega and she is that bitch. So we needed to hone in on her. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody's like speculation is like swirling. And well, I'm... Jenna did an interview that I retweeted and she's like, she said that Tara and Sam are not getting along. Like Tara is traumatized because of all the shit and she blames sam and she tara's just trying to get on with her life she's just trying to get back to normality they didn't like each other before the tara situation like they were estranged like sam fucked Mm -hmm. off and left tara and tara could still hold a grudge about that well she fucked off left off and she gets attacked because of her like her sister's relationship Mm-hmm. to billy loomis one of the first ghost faces. so you know i honestly would not blame tara like it would make the most sense if she did turn out to be a ghost face however i will say the ghost face that we see in the trailer with the old looking mask is quite tall and matthew lillard is quite tall Okay, are you on the Stu train that he's still alive? <laughs> I want Stu to come back oh because even Matthew God. Lillard is saying Stu is not dead. So oh you my know God. what? I hope they're just trying to say like, he is dead, he is dead to throw us off the fucking scent. I want Stu Macca to come back. What would be really funny is if um, Tara was Stu's daughter and then it would just be like, a, oh, oh, dun, dun, oh. Dun. Yeah, no, but um, there's one for certain. It's that Samara Weaving is dying in that alley. When they showed that clip, I was like, she is the Drew Barrymore of this yeah. movie. You sent me that picture and I was like, it's giving, I know what you did last summer vibes with, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar in that alleyway thinking she's at safety. Bam, gets killed. It's giving me that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've talked about it before, but I still am so excited that even if it's just a little piece that that last podcast on the left poster was in there, that makes me so happy because it's with um, Tony Revolori, which I absolutely love him. So I'm like, oh my God, we would actually be friends in real life, sir. 
but <laughs> yeah no he's dying though let's face it he is totally dying or he could be the ghost face Mm. we don't know but definitely one definitely one of the twins is dying yeah definitely one of the if twins we're following in their uh, uncle's footsteps like grandy one of them is fucking dying or both of them which would not put it past me oh my god stop i don't want either of them to die but they teased it in scream five one mm. of them's got to die in scream six i'm sorry we don't want it to happen but it's got to happen it's got to happen <gasps> oh Hold on. What if they kill General Tega? What if they kill Tara? That would be a boss-ass move. That would be completely out of left field. It would be a boss-ass move if Sam had to kill Tara. Because Tara was the ghost face. Oh! We're calling it now. <laughs> We're calling it now. <laughs> and that is the horror hunt speculation corner. Um, <laughs> now, this next movie, I'm super excited to talk to you today about our topic v because i told you okay i love the mood lighting that you just put on for this um topic because i talked to you about how badly i wanted you to watch the black phone and you finally did and we're talking about it today and i'm ecstatic yeah yes it was obviously a couple of weeks ago i watched it and that's when we decided like oh black phone episode um but it's been delayed slightly because you know my dad died so Uh, silly um (laughs) (laughs) but you told me that you know i can't uh, not to really discuss it with you until we discuss it on the podcast so i hope the noggin remembers things It's okay. I'll definitely try and help you um, remember things because this is one of my favorite movies of 2022. Obviously, I feel like we all know why I like it initially is because it's based on a Joe Hill short story, which is a really quick read. It's 30 pages and you can find it online. Um, But reading it, like, he is definitely his dad's son. Um, Oh, for those who don't know, he's the son of Stephen King. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in case, in case people didn't know that, because obviously he's got a different surname to mm-hmm. his dad, and you're like, oh, Joe Hill, Jonah Hill, no, Joe Hill, <laughs> Stephen King, son. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that would be funny if it was Jonah Hill, though. Um, <laughs> but the movie is a really good adaptation from the story. There are some parts and some lines where they literally take it from the original short story but obviously it's embellished a little bit more just because how do you take a 30 page short story and make it into like a two-hour film but um scott derrickson did it really really well i thought but i'm eager to know because the emoji that you sent me was like a sad face emoji so v what did you think about the black phone I thought it was actually extremely interesting. Ethan Hawke played the grabber so incredibly well. Mm. And, you know, Ethan Hawke is just a generally nice dude. Like, when you watch behind-the-scenes footage of the Black Phone, the way when they cut, he immediately checks on the younger actors to see if they're okay and they're all right. Um... And, you know, that's how every seasoned actor should act with new upcoming actors and actresses on sets, like especially young ones. So, you know, the way also he managed to switch so quickly when the cameras cut from being menacing and terrifying to, 
oh my god are you okay you're right like dad mode like yeah insane but yes it was very interesting yeah i i generally also like the um kid actors um mason thames as finley and madeline mcgue mcgon mcgraw yeah i don't have her name pulled up Um, but i think that's her name yeah she did the most I feel like she the scene with um Terence the dad and Gwen um uh, where he's smacking her with oh, a yeah. bell and she is just fully like my dreams are just dreams my dreams are just dreams like the fact that she could act that emotional at such a young age I'm like claps to you yeah definitely um i know that scott derrickson was really interested in making this film because it was a horror movie that was a person like a serial killer killing boys but there's a supernatural element killing kids yeah killing kids kids died oh my god yes kids died in this movie spoiler alert um, but it's also like a coming of age story for Fenny, and th- it has so many different evolutions through this movie, and that's one of the reasons why I like it. But also, I'm sure that you could also argue that it was because it was shot so beautifully. So this is in in the '70s in Denver, Colorado, and this film has um, been able to capture that feeling without it being, like, too cheesy. You know what I'm saying? Which is, like, a fine line when people do horror movies because we've seen them shot, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's just, like, this isn't that time period, but it's not now. So you really were, like, immersed in the storyline. And um, I thought that the costume design designer um amy andrews did it really really well um because i was gagged at their collars and their little outfits in this movie i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) but um yeah so the beginning of this movie sets the whole movie up really really nicely because you get to see finney and gwen's relationship which they kind of go into in the short story but um this really adds some depth to it but you see bruce and you see that black balloon pop in the wires and then that the van slowly turns the corner and then just like fade to black opening credits like it puts you mm. on edge just from the jump. Literally. And obviously this is after a baseball game where um Finney and um Bruce literally have just had an off an interaction where Bruce is really nice to Finney and going, yeah. Hey, you've got an arm on you, like that's amazing. Like you almost had me sort of thing. And it was a really nice interaction, like very healthy sportsmanship that you saw. And then that happens to Bruce, and you're like, "Oh fuck, not Bruce!" Like this, this, this kid is the star. Like he is a star, mm-hmm. and he's a really generally nice guy as well. And he's got got the yeah, he did get got. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it goes from Bruce to then Fenny's friend Robin, which you see in the beginning that like there isn't a really brutal fight between two kids, and Robin is one mm. of them, and Robin beats the shit out of this kid Moose and like kind of defends Fenny. Like that's kind of like his savior, and then he gets taken by the grabber, 
And at this point, it's like the grabber can get anyone. It got the star athlete and it got like the toughest kid in school. Like this is somebody that is not to be messed with. I get why everybody was terrified of him. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like the glimpses we saw of the grabber, you could you could sense the menacingness from him. Like without even fully get to seeing him or the mask. At this point, you don't see the mask. Like like I said, you could always sense the menacingness, and when you do eventually see the mask and the different like basically emotions the mask can have. Yeah, it's, it adds another level of like this is very uncomfortable. Yeah, I know likey this. <laughs> yes, we can definitely get into the mask um later, but yeah, you mentioned something. They don't really show the grabber, which I think like really adds some level of intensity to the character because you don't you don't know what you're gonna get. I mean, obviously, I think they had like shared posters and stuff of um what he was going to look like before it, but like. In the moment, like, that hazy Mm. film is really unsettling. I kind of wish that they didn't show the grabber, like, have him as the poster or really impromotional things. I wish they didn't show the mask so soon in that case in the advertisement. I wish they kept some aspect of the mask secret. They kind of did the fact that it can change and evolve. Um, So in the story, like, there's really not, um, like, a whole lot of emphasis on the mask. So Scott Derrickson went to Tom Savini and was basically like, hey, can we, like, try and figure something out? So Savini designed it. And then Jason Baker, who works with him, like, actually crafted the design. So it was really a collaborative process between the three of them because that description was so vague. But the the fact that it had so many emotions during its scene changes is really, like, remarkable and smart on Mm. their part. A hundred percent. And the fact that we never saw the grabber's full full face yeah, until kind of like pretty much the last scenes of the film yeah, is very interesting. The fact that like the mask is basically in two parts. Mm-hmm. So you've got the bottom part where, you know, you can have a happy face or a sad face or an angry face. I don't know how they would have done it, but I wish we could have found out why the grabber designed his mask that way. Yeah. No, totally. One crazy thing other than the mask about this movie is that this movie in the 70s, mind you, now we're both true crime girlies. This movie, somehow the police weren't absolutely shitty. Like they were actually doing their job. And when they pulled Gwen out of her class to talk about, hey, you said that you saw a black balloon. Like that was not Mm. released, which is a signature of the grabber. How did you know that? And she goes, God, you dumb fucking fart knockers. Like, she, like, basically said, fuck the feds from, like, the jump. And I love her for that. She's a real one. A-cap. A-cap. <laughs> but you had talked about her in the belt scene. That is a scene mm. that stuck with me when I first saw that movie. Like, it was so uncomfortable to watch that. The first time and the second time I watched it, it legit like started to make me cry because she is so good. Mm-hmm. Her character is written really well, but it's also acted really well. Yeah, no, and then it's also the aftermath of that 
where Gwen and Finney are sat by the TV and the way she whimpers in pain, you can feel the discomfort she is feeling. Yeah. And you're just like, uh, your heart breaks for them because their mother's not around. Yeah. Their dad's an alcoholic, an abusive alcoholic at that. Yeah. Like, these kids are just trying to be the support system for each other and have some sort of normality together. And just not think about like yeah. their dad's drinking habits and his temper and shit like that. Like you, you truly feel for these kids, and you really root for Finney to be okay throughout the film. Yeah, and I think that that was even though we didn't get a lot of that because he really got grabbed pretty early in the movie. Mm. Even though we didn't get a lot of that, you see her stick up for him. You see him stick up for her, and it really like builds that connection between the two and I don't know like I said I think it's the writing and the acting because it was really great and it makes it so much sadder when the grabber does take Finny because yeah he knows he's like are those black balloons and like from there it's you know now granted he was scary even with the white face paint on but like yeah my question is what caused the grabber to escalate so rapidly because i think that there was like a couple of kids a couple of years ago and then bruce then robin then fenny like what caused this change of pace it might have been that potentially the ones a couple of years ago they because the grabber as we find out, likes to play a game called Naughty Boy. Oh, And maybe one of the kids he kidnapped, however long ago, was not participating in Naughty Boy until probably before Bruce and then participated in Naughty Boy and, you know, got got. Or it could be a case of maybe because his brother is from out of town, maybe he was living with his brother out of town and he moved back to the area. We don't know. I don't know. This is know. why I wish we kind of had a kind of a backstory to the grabber. If they decided to, God forbid, do a prequel to this film <laughs> for the like maybe first victim, I, it would be very interesting to find out, you know, the motivations for the grabber why he is doing this what in his past life made him you know act this way why it escalated why he's got the mask why he wants to play the game naughty boy maybe his dad played the game naughty boy and would beat the shit out of him who knows i wish i would know because i'm a very interested little girly yeah, apparently there's, like, no confirmation that there's going to be a second one, but Ethan Hawke basically said if Scott Derrickson is involved, then yeah, I'll be in it, which let's talk about Ethan Hawke for a second in this role, because... Please. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Oh, yeah. He's filming a movie here in my town, so a lot of people have been seeing him around, and apparently Maya is with him, and I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, I'm crying. Gay panic. Gay panic. Yeah. It's like, which way do I look if I see them? Like, (laughs) (laughs) but he was so depraved in this movie. It made me on edge when he goes, Finney says something like, I'm going to scratch your face. And he just takes a beat and is wearing that mask. And he's like, this face? I'm like, 
oh my god, like, who told you to do that? Because I am uncomfortable. Like, that is one of those shots that I love in this movie. And there's a lot of shots in this movie that are super cool. Like, when he sees the wire and there's, like, that line across the wall, which is, to me, definitely commentary on Sinister, like, saying hi, um, since they're from the same creator. But there's one scene where Gwen, like, runs out of the house... And is like slow mo, and I love that they put her having the like her first um, vision um, with Finney having the first phone call. Yeah, I thought it was a cool um, parallel there. I think that that is why I enjoy this movie so much is because they did like a really cool supernatural element to it, but mm-hmm. like it was still grounded. Like it didn't feel like too fantasy. No, no, a hundred percent, and obviously if you think about it, it could be explained in a very logical term like sometimes when you're in a traumatic situation your brain chemicals can go through things and you can see things hear things and blah 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 so there is a probably logical explanation as to why you know she maybe has visions he probably hears kids and stuff like that so it's not out of like you know something fantasy wise like you said for it to not be plausible at all yeah, no, and the the one scary thing about the grabber is, like, he's, like, I, I mean, like, I hear the phone calls, but, like, there's nobody there, and, like, he just has such, like, an emptiness to him when he's talking about this, like, no, there's nobody there. Like, Ethan Hawke is mm-hmm. so chilling in this movie. A hundred percent, like. It's just the way also he did things so nonchalantly as well. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. He's just so the like effortlessness that yes. he did things. Sir, are you okay? <laughs> no, literally though. Literally though. <laughs> I saw this movie opening night um in theaters. And the theater was packed, and I'm telling you, anytime one of the little ghost kids came out or something, there was a girl sitting probably like maybe three seats away from us she would just blood curdling scream like blood curdling scream which is funny to me because it is really not that scary <laughs> she, she said ow jump scare no quite yeah quite literally like <laughs> trevor got so annoyed because he went to go see this with us he was like oh my god and i'm like it's so funny like when people get scared because this movie is not jump scary but like it's like no. sinister type scary yeah well sinister did have you know the loud noise jump well, I wasn't, scare sort of thing i wasn't even saying this like one sinister but like one, the, yeah the adjective no, i uh, yeah i get what you mean like, I'm so glad that the quote-unquote jump scares they had was not, you know, the typical, like, loud bang, jump scare. Like, I'm so glad it was, like, kind of, like, a more mild-toned musical cue. Like, yeah. it wasn't very loud bang, crash, wallet, boom. It was more of, like, a... Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, like, the <laughs> score in this movie was really, really cool, I thought. Mm. Um, but one of the scariest parts to me was Naughty Boy. When we see Ethan Hawke sitting there with the mask upstairs, shirtless, shirtless. with the belt. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why, I don't know if I'm scared or turned on, but like... 
But like, why is he shirtless? That's what I'm this saying. This is what I want to know. This is what I want to know. Why did he feel like he had to be shirtless while playing Naughty Boy? I don't know. So it's so like fucking so many creepy. Yeah, it's disturbing. Like that's what I'm talking about with this movie. Like it just gets under your skin because you're like, what sick shit is going on in this house? Adding on top of that, he did this all while his brother Max was staying with him. How is that even possible? Max was doing a lot of cocaine. That's true. That is true. (laughs) And trying to figure out the mystery when it's literally under his... Well, not under his nose, that's cocaine. But uh, (laughs) under his feet. Yeah, I mean, that part... (laughs) The fact that he's trying to, like, crack this case while it's quite literally happening in the same house Mm. is crazy. My favorite scene out of all of this is when the police come to the door and Max is like, Yeah, come in, let me show you everything. This is what I, th- this is where he's hit and stuff like that. And then the police are like, Uh, sir, you need to take a chill pill <laughs> and calm down. He's like, And you better clean that up. And then we just pan to the table and just see lines of cocaine on the table. <laughs> I said that they were good police in the beginning talking to Gwen, but if they were really good police, that would have been like, sir, this is a red flag. Like, why (laughs) are you so obsessed with this crime? And then they should have searched his house and they would have found him. Granted, it would have been the wrong person, but Finney would have been found. But And the house would have been like an active crime scene sort of thing. So then the grabber couldn't really... Exactly. But I do like that the police go back to Gwen and say, have you had any visions? Like, this is your brother. Like, she does help the case to an extent, regardless of what her father wants, because her father doesn't want to feed into those dreams. And I get it. I get why he's cautious because they're mom. We get this backstory about maybe why he's so upset about the dreams it does not condone anything that he's doing absolutely not Mm -hmm. because it's disgusting but like i get maybe why he's scared for his daughter to be seeing things yeah because obviously like you said we found out that her mother had dreams and it got to a point where her mum was believing everything the dreams were telling her and the dreams ended up basically telling her to unalive herself and Mm -hmm. she does and i think he he probably acts the way he does out of fear yeah one is the fear of the unknown two is the fear that his daughter is gonna end up taking her own life because she is under the same influence and delusion by the dreams as her mother was so he probably copes with her um you know his wife's um demise with alcohol and which probably makes the rage worse because some people can't can't handle their liquor. Yep. But I think the police, like, rightfully so trust her because she gets the black balloons correct. She does. And, like, she starts to have visions of these house and her dreams are disturbing. Like, I will just Uh, say that. Like, when she sees the grabber in front and with that in the tree, like, there's something about that imagery, which he does also do in sinister that kind of like film sort of shot um of Mm. these dreams they're really scary to be honest but i like how she (laughs) 
she wants to keep going getting these because she knows that they're going to help solve her brother's case. And when she doesn't get mm-hmm. them and we get the iconic line, Jesus, what the fuck? What the I fuck? mean, <laughs> what the fuck is so good? <laughs> uh, she's so funny. She's so unintentionally funny. I've said this before. For me, she's like a more sophisticated version of Mimi from PG Psycho Gorman. Aha, a hundred percent. And the actresses kind of look alike as they well. They do. Yeah, no, they do. Makes sense, makes sense. But yeah. Oh, obviously, um, Gwen is a key, key, key component of not only solving where her brother is, but solving where the dead kids are yeah she's a very very vital part of the movie and she's she's in the the short story um and she they don't find finn finny um but she has the a vision about the black balloon and kind of like they're alluding that she's gonna help find him essentially so that is something that carries over from the short story which i enjoy but i wish that she had a vision before naughty boy so when finney juts out of the house there was someone right there that was a yeah. really really intense scene when he gets out past <sighs> the grabber but the grabber gets him again honestly that it was so intense and when lights start switching on mm. around like in the houses and he's like you fucking say anything can i swear to god yeah he's like and i'll slit like, your throat like it's like shit dude like that's not like i don't think the grabber would have I don't think the grabber would have slipped Finney's throat. I don't think so either. I, think... I don't think he would have risked it. Risked it? Risked it. it. Risked it, it, it. But as a kid, <laughs> like, <laughs> as a kid, I get why he was scared. But, like, why does everyone mm. try and run from these killers? Hide. Literally. But also, you're in a fucking neighborhood. You're in a fucking neighborhood. Like, run to someone's ha- front door and start bang, bang, banging. Like, don't just be running up the street. Go to someone's front door and start I know, going bang, bang, exactly. bang. I know, exactly. I would be screaming, like, my name is Finny. Like, I'm missing. Like, my name is Finny. Like, I would scream my name so that somebody would know. But Yes. Yes. But, like, let's be real here. Like, whenever I'm playing, like, Until Dawn and they give me the option of run or hide, I always hide. Like, remember mm-hmm. when we were playing Friday the 13th and I just hid in that cupboard the whole time? from you it was so fucking annoying but yes <laughs> yeah it was no. really annoying but <laughs> oh speaking of that just a side note um they're bringing out a um texas chainsaw massacre version of that game mm, give me so. a halloween version please oh that'd be slay that would be anyway <laughs> anyway um I I enjoyed though that we got the last phone call was from Robin helping oh. Finney like give him this this speech like he didn't die in vain like he helped all of those kids helped him get out like mm-hmm. which is in um in the short story they're like pack that phone with sand like come on mm-hmm. it wasn't as elaborate as the short story cuz the short story was literally like he just hit him with the phone but in the movie, we see Finney, like, set a trap. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, the ankle break in that oh. scene. That last yeah. scene was so good. So good. I think that's pretty much the only thing I went, oh, 
at because like I've I've sprained my ankle before and it's not nice. I've not broken a bone in my body either. So like seeing someone's bones break actually makes me go because <laughs> yeah. like it, I, it's a fear of mine breaking my bones because I've never done it before. Yeah, same me neither. So knock on wood, baby. <laughs> <It's rough. laughs> um yeah but the grabber's angered because he has to get messy and kill his brother before it all goes down so there's like an extra layer of like oh shit and then there's the dog aspect of it that that mm. dog is sitting there and these kids have like built him up for this like you have the meat you have the thing for this ankle break you have the the toilet seat cover like you have all of this stuff but ultimately the phone is what kills him which i think is so yeah. good he beats the it's shit out of him literally um obviously he like breaks his phone he does the steps that robin teaches him but then like the grabber grabs him mm, and that was scary finny finny does a really smart thing and realizes that the grabber is hiding behind his mask so he grabs whatever part of the mask the grabber's wearing and removes it. And the grabber lets go of Finny mm-hmm. and starts trying to cover his face with his hands. So then Finny gets to wrap the cord from the phone around his neck and the phone rings. Oh my God. And yes. then you get a really cool scene going, it's for you. And he holds the phone up to the grabber's head. And oh my God. <laughs> And it was all all the things that the boys had been saying earlier to Finney that, that led to this moment. And what I thought was so smart was that Gwen's dreams were right to an extent, but they didn't find him. Like, we see Finney kill this grabber and the police break into a house while all this is going on. But it's not the house that he's in, but it's the house where the dead kids are buried. Because she's her dreams are of the dead kids, not of Finney. Mm-hmm. So the dead kids are leading her to where their bodies are, not where to Finney is, but where to bo- their bodies are resting. Which coincidentally is the house directly across the street from where Finney is 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 staying, and we get a really really like happy scene for me that he opens the door to run out and Gwen is right there. Like she's been on the other side this, this whole time and you get a happy ending like in a sense, because like, I know that they still have to go home to their dad, but I'm hoping Mm. that the scene in the back of the ambulance where he's like, Oh my God, like his dad was like hysterical. I hope that that changes for him. I hope so too. But the way that, Gwen rests her head on Finny makes me kind of feel like that they don't really believe what he's saying. Yeah. Because maybe they've been through it before where he's apologised and he's been crying. He's like, I'm really sorry for how I've been acting, blah, blah, blah. So, like, maybe they don't believe it. Yeah. Until they see it, pretty much. But, you know, it's also a very touching moment to see a very healthy brother-sister relationship. Yeah, I mean, she knew that, like, he was all that she had. Like, they have each other. And that is a really beautiful aspect of this movie Mm -hmm. is, like, it's all about them coming together. Like, their lives completely changed. And, like, when one of the last shots is, like, 
him going to school again and everybody who used to bully him and like make fun of him is like oh my god did you hear that he killed the grabber like oh my god like yeah and he's got a, he's got a different walk about him he's more confident and he's got the memory of all the kids that helped him yeah get through that and he's gonna have those lessons that they taught him with mm-hmm. him for the rest of his life yeah and it's also very nice to see that the younger sibling saves the older sibling and not yeah. the other way around yeah in the in the short story she's actually older than than him um by a couple i of like years. i like it when the younger sibling helps the older sibling because yeah. i am the youngest i was about sibling. to say and that's on what <laughs> the youngest child um eh. But I thought that this movie had, like, a really, really strong beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. Like, re-watching it was cathartic. Because, like, if you rewatch this movie, like, you know what to anticipate. And th- there's so many emotions that overwhelm you. Um, I, I just mm-hmm. think that this movie is going to be, like, stuck in my head for a while. A hundred percent. Same here. And... I, I don't know if I'll revisit it. I probably will because I do enjoy Ethan Hawke's portrayal of, of the grabber. Yeah. And it just goes to show that not all horror films need like a, a complete blood and guts and gore yeah. and like loud crash bang wallet booms. It just needs to have a really good villain mm. and someone to root for. Yeah. No, definitely. I think that's like perfectly said because honestly, kind of like how we talked about with Barbarian, like, yeah, it would be kind of cool if it got a prequel, but like it doesn't necessarily need that. Like you see how sick the grabber is just in those two hours and like we see his demise. So I don't know. I think that this movie is so good. I'm glad that you liked it though. I'm surprised I liked it because- Really? So yeah, because I don't know. Like I'm very weird with like certain horrors. Like I don't know if I'm gonna like them or not. I try and not think about it too much, but no, I really enjoyed it, hundred percent. And um, I just like horrors that um have iconic people. I like horror movies that like make you feel. Mm. I don't like watching sad movies, but I like watching horror movies because sometimes, like, they can portray, like, really deep emotions without it being, like, too dramatized. Like, it feels a lot more real, which I yeah. I really got that from this movie. Yeah. Same here. Same now, here. we're talking about movies that you like. I didn't get a chance to ask you this earlier because I'm going to go see Megan this next week. V, I need a little something, girly pop, please. Please. Okay, I've already I've already pre-warned you about something. Yeah, yeah, you did. Because I'm kind of the same. I don't like seeing animals die in films. So, um, pre-warning for those who are animal lovers and wanting to see Megan, that a dog does die. Um, you don't see the dog die, but it is emphasized that the dog dies. But. There will be moments where you just sit there and go, what the fuck am I watching? I because love it that. it is just, uh, at some points, it's so fucking ridiculous. Especially when Megan starts singing. It's just out of Wait, nowhere. Wait, she starts singing? Yeah, out of nowhere. She just starts singing. So oh be prepared for moments where you just sit there and you're going, what the fuck am I watching? I, like, what is this? I think Val and I are going to go see that with Hugh. 
So uh, you all three are just gonna look at each other and going, "Am I? Did I? Did I take shrooms? Am I? Am I? Am I seeing this right now?" Um, it's not the most amazing horror in the world. Um, but if you want a really good laugh, okay, <laughs> it's definitely worth watching for sure well that's i think that that's like a glowing review for both megan and Blackphone. to be quite honest with you (laughs) yeah and as i said to you in your message it's just like i just find you know i just think that the most iconic people are called megan yeah period end of motherfucking discussion um (laughs) well hopefully um horror hunts uh we are on a more regularly scheduled um broadcast from now on um the past couple of months have been rough obviously because i i cared for my father Mm -hmm. so hopefully we can start um start our regularly scheduled um episodes wednesday releases yes wednesday releases um but if there's something that you want me and v to talk about you can hit us up on twitter at horror huns pod or on the instagrams at horror huns podcast um we would love to know what you guys want us to talk about if anything at all or just say hi we have um one movie that we're going to be talking about soon that I cannot wait to talk about with you. Yes, you just yeah. we just mm-hmm. mouthed a movie to me. Yeah, yes, yeah. I I was. <laughs> I'll tell you after because okay. we're gonna have to do some moving of things because of our release schedule. Definitely That's had to be pushed back. But yes, it's very exciting. The episodes we've got coming up very very soon. Um and. We hope 2023 is going to be a great year for our episodes. Not just for horror in general, just for us. Period. I can't take any more. Um, uh, this year I has think been you've cut already off. had enough this year. Yeah, this I year has been cut off. This year. <laughs> yeah. I, from February, well, from whatever month you decide to have the rest of the good year, you're going to do it. We're going to start Don't just right already now. write off 2023. No, we're going to start it's right only now. only January. Yeah, just it's... Started right now. Let's get it started. Okay, Ready. well, V, before okay. we, like, go into a dance party, do you have any final thoughts <laughs> for the Black Phone? Um, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, Just try and go into it without thinking what other people have said. I know we spoke a lot about the um plot and storyline, but... um. It's still worth watching because we don't do it justice. Um, this is a replacement for watching the film. Um, and also you can follow us on the socials. We've got Instagram at Horror Hunts Podcast and Twitter at Horror Hunts Pod. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Yep. Goodbye, besties. Bye, friends.